0: In this episode of Wild Rixia, we shall be taking a look at the colossal bronto horses. A typical bronto horses can reach lengths of more than 40 feet, with most of that length being in its neck and lizard like tail. The scaly hide and hooves of the bronto horses are made for lumbering across the plains, and its bellow can be heard for miles in every direction. The coloring of the brontohorses is tailor-made for blending in with the grasses and shrubs of the Rixian Plains. If you're not paying attention, you could mistake a sleeping brontohorses for a small hill in an open field. Many attempts have been made over the years to domesticate these creatures. However, none have been successful. The closest has been the brontohorses' smaller cousin, the bronchosaurus. Because so much space is required for even the smallest of these creatures, the Broncosaurus is now mostly found in the service of those who live outside the safety of the walls of a city. Until next time, may the day greet you with the potential of a runic sunrise, and fill you with the wonder of a runic sunset.
1: Hello! Oh, hey. Hi! Hey! Welcome! 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 Welcome to Reckless Attack. To Reckless Attack. What is Reckless Attack? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, first, it's a lifestyle. Lifestyle. <laughs> but mostly, it's a Fifth Edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. Fifth
2: Edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. That,
1: that I mean, for five of us, huh. it is a lifestyle. Actually, that's yeah. well, okay, that's <laughs> yeah. fair, and maybe lifestyle. some of the fans. Subscribe on Patreon, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> uh, and also, those whispers really translated better than I thought they were going to. In <laughs> fifth, fifth
2: Dragons podcast. 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 Okay.
1: We're also an ASMR podcast. Um, but that's, that's for our special feed. <laughs> right now, we are here to play Dungeons & Dragons. I, as always, am your supreme overlord, Nathan, looking over my subjects around the table, a.k.a. My beautiful, powerful I I have noticed
0: that your chair every episode keeps getting a little bit higher and a little bit higher and a little bit
1: higher. I wasn't sure if using company funds to buy a mechanical seat jack (laughs) was going to be worthwhile. And now that you've noticed, it's definitely worthwhile. (laughs) (laughs) To my left is...
3: It's me. I was <laughs> not prepared. I know.
1: I didn't even want really, to like make eye contact. I'm like, I'm gonna get her. Uh, I'm like, I'm oh, well, gonna I, get her. I, that and I was I was drinking, and I'm like, I hope he didn't mean me because this is gonna be a spit take.
3: <laughs> I'm so used to going to the. right.
1: I know when I was even looking at Steve, being like, I'm projecting my energy towards. That was, Steve. Ha-ha! That was a that was a no look pass. Was what yeah, that was,
3: and I did not catch it. But I'm Sophie. <laughs> I play Valeska Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana Domain, and there is so much Val needs to know about <laughs> her current situation mm, mm-hmm. and things she's just seen mm-hmm. and is really disappointed that the person who has access to all the answers really hates mortals and really yeah. just speaks in vague terms and yeah. it's really, really harsh in Val's knowledge vibe. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs>
4: much care for the mortals.
3: But to my left.
4: Hi everyone, I'm Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his Trusty Frog Pals Mango and Junior, and oh boy, Checkers (laughs) Checkers
0: is at a loss for words, Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow,
4: he's just had a really eventful day, you know, uh, hanging out with everyone, running around in the fields, doing cool obstacle courses that weren't intended to be obstacle courses, (laughs) you know how it is, but his day has been capped off by the events of this evening's ritual, and it's really kind of thrown him for a loop, so... Uh, to maybe kind of help him out a little bit. I'm going to pass it over to the person on my left. Hi, everyone. I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmain, the Dorvan Warlock. And I actually have no idea how Kaskrin would help checkers at all <laughs> in this situation. <laughs> I'm trying to decide if he would just, like, have his jaw on the floor mm. and seeing the sights that he's seen today, or if he would be like, everything magical is just, like, one weird tier of... Way over my head, so like it's all, it's yeah. all Just fine. Just throw
3: it all in the magic bin, yeah. and yeah. Right. somebody else will figure it out later. Yeah, if, if it's this, above above my pay grade. Yeah, yeah. right. The Citadel <laughs> didn't problem. give it to me.
4: I uh, not nah, sure, not not for me. And to my left,
0: hey everyone, my name is Steve, and I am playing Self Astarion, the dragonborn monk, who you know started off as a not so good day, leading a bunch of weird cat like creatures away so they didn't eat his friends, came back had a discussion with a dryad, but uh, then all of a sudden a dragon showed up and everything's looking great. Everything's pretty cool <laughs> um, for self. Z- zero wow. questions. Um <laughs> no, self-explanatory. Uh, yeah, uh, say. Mm-hmm. everything's good. I believe this is the time when self will retire uh, yeah. as, <laughs> as, as champion. Um, yeah. Quest completed. And uh, to make sure that that probably doesn't happen... Is we'll go back to Nathan. I was going to say, could uh, you
4: imagine if, like Incel's backstory, his life goal, his one true achievement was to find a dragon, and now he's done, yeah, claims the dragon, is, like, being an adventurer. Cool, cool guys, I'm
2: out of here. All right, yeah. Yeah. well, and he just alone walks off. Yeah. Yeah. Here, you can take my staff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just, no, I'm, I'm I'm he just heads do. off into the sunset. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. I really wish you had told me, but I hope you enjoy the episode that is to come, Steve. Even if you will not be participating in it.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So at the end of the last episode, you guys saw dragon. I mean, let's just cut to the chase. There was a dragon, a, a gold dragon, a golden right? dragon.
4: Now we just need to find a dungeon, and then like the whole set's complete. I was gonna say
1: one. If, at, call us what this episode fifty fifty nine. No, this is 60. 60. 60. Well, we are we are episode one hundred and twenty. We are currently at We are currently at fifty percent of game. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, so you guys saw a dragon. Neat, neat. So that was pretty wild. Oh,
0: um, self just takes out a list and puts a check mark next to something. Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: Specifically, the Dryad, who was inhabiting this field that you guys have been at now for a couple of days, asked your guys' help in completing a ritual required a little bit of mortal energy, but like in a consensual, nice, no big deal kind of way, to close this strange portal to an elemental plane that had been opened previously and had been left open by a very inconsiderate jerkwad mortal that was causing (laughs) some pretty bad effects, not just initially to the dryad and her field, but soon some untold amount of space beyond that. So no big deal. You got a ritual. We'll just do the ritual. You guys gave some lovely memories and feelings of adventuring together for the first time. And then a dragon came through and closed the portal. That's pretty, it's pretty wild, I would say, because dragons have been gone for several centuries. They disappeared at the same time the saints disappeared. Just to kind of like put that in historical context is there is a before and an after dragons disappeared in the history of the world and no one knew where they went Oop, there they are. (laughs) Found It's there, and whatever you guys did, called it through the elemental plane into, caught its attention in the elemental plane. You're not entirely sure at this juncture, but Golden Dragon came through a portal from an elemental plane and closed the portal, ending the strange outpouring of arcane energy. And, And hey, you guys are heroes, and again, like Steve said, have
2: no further questions, I'm sure. Uh, Thank you for your participation. I will be taking no questions at this time.
3: (laughs) I, Sophie, have a question. Mm -hmm. What plane is the dragon on currently? Did it stay here?
1: No. So the dragon, it was kind of one of those weird spatial things where the dragon emerged from this portal, which was Mm -hmm. way too small for it, Mm -hmm. and essentially dug its claws into the strange scaly infection, whatever the right word is, surrounding this portal and pulled it up over itself disappearing and taking the portal and the scales almost cetera, like, it, like with it folded it inside out exactly, it's a great okay. way to put it Gotcha. so the four of you, minus the fortunate who presumably is still tied up in weeds somewhere in this large expanse just hear a voice call off
5: Hey guys, (laughs) what's (laughs) going on? Did it work? (laughs) Is
1: it
4: good? We good? I imagine at this point, it's like getting to be, they're covered in
1: so many roots and vines. They just (laughs) look like a ghillie suit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it is just as if it could be like a straw man, but there's inside a horrible undead centurion. Before we start bombarding Sal with questions,
4: (laughs) does the field that resides here, show any sort of reaction to the outcome.
1: Yes. So the five of you are standing around this small pool of water where the portal was emanating from. Though it is still a night of new moon, the stars still shine brightly above you, even as the bright light of the portal winks out of existence. Very nonchalantly, the dryad who was conducting this ritual turns to you all and gives a kind of satisfied nod. Thank you. You all did very well. I appreciate your help and I will honor my word and get you through my grove safely.
3: Male is probably now sitting down because we also went on Conscious a few times, I believe, as yes. part of the ritual.
1: And got old and then young and then so regular age. Yeah.
3: So Val will look up at the Dryad just with like a frustrated confusion on her face, of like she's still processing everything she just saw, but feels like major parts of the ritual <laughs> were left out. <laughs>
1: The dryad looks down at you and probably regards all of you. And you see that her face is actually a little softer than it was her shriveled leg and her large kind of overgrown, almost like bulbous and like tumorous are both as you are watching are kind of shrinking down or expanding outward as appropriate and seemingly being replaced by healthy Grass. This kind of jettler face looks down at you all, not at all perceiving any sort of (laughs) negative emotion.
3: Val is just sitting and still processing and notes the balance of the dryad like coming back to its normal form as another thing to ask questions about and just puts it in the file (laughs) to process for Mm -hmm. right now. She's gonna need a few minutes.
0: So, Nathan, I've got a question for you. Yeah. (laughs) Based on the dragon's size and color, do I have any notion
1: of who that dragon was, or or the the dragon's name? Mm -hmm. You can give it a shot. That would be pretty specific. So give me a, we'll call it a history roll. History. Okay. Uh, You know what? I'll give you advantage, because it's dragon history. Ah, (laughs) All right. (laughs) And not because, to be clear to the listener and to the table, not because he is a dragonborn. He happens to be a dragonborn who studied a lot about dragons. Yes, because of backstory and secrets. Nine plus one is Hmm. ten. No, you don't. I don't. Okay. But Selv, as you're just kind of like staring there processing, I'm imagining... You would be able to identify that this was probably a very old dragon by the categories of Dungeons and Dragons, which feels a little anticlimactic. (laughs) Uh, But that would mean that it's probably at least six to eight hundred years old, which is notable to yourself because the saints and the dragons actually appeared or disappeared almost a thousand years ago. Oh, okay. So, not knowing the variables, this dragon was not one of them. them. We'll put it that way. That's a great way to put it. And
0: just for uh, context, in Rixia, do the same general guidelines apply to metallic dragons versus chromatic dragons?
1: Like, metallic tends to be good, chromatic tends to be evil. Generally speaking, they are one of the few creatures that generally have different colors based on their personalities. And it is actually not prescriptive like in D&D where D&D is like yes red dragons they're always this, right? They're always one uniform personality whatever. So it is like like they change their appearance to match their personality
0: as opposed to their personality determining what type of dragon they are. Precisely.
1: Okay. So they are it's like dragon babies are essentially neutral weird little creatures that are not <sighs> aligned. Oh, <sorry. laughs> I-, I just have like a <laughs>
3: I'd like little sl- slivered myself. <laughs> I just imagine like a naked mole rat baby. Yeah, rat. So yeah. Did I, as yeah. soon as yeah. I said it's some it kind too. of like like oh, like
0: off white tan
4: kind of
1: uh, <laughs> scales don't yeah.
4: come in for
0: yeah. until they well, like
3: a yeah. baby mole rat. Yeah. I was hairless imagining cat like a dragon, <laughs>
4: like one of those transparent fish where you can just see right oh, through. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I actually
3: prefer that. Yeah, that's that is way better. better. That's weirdly better.
4: I was gonna go with like a little like kangaroo fetus, like you inside like a pouch that's of a kangaroo. Like, those little tiny little things. Look,
1: look. Although although, (laughs) I have not decided that dragons are marsupials in this world, but I am weirdly deeply invested now in a giant dragon with a pouch with a tiny baby dragon in it. And that's pretty interesting. Canon. And is... Uh, that's new. Reckless tech. Intellectual property. Uh, dibs, dibs, dibs. dibs. Uh, Wait, we've, we've
0: invented the dragaroo. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and also, we've also invented a new phrase for those people from Rixia. I just
1: mind-slivered myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, to answer your question, yes-ish. And in terms of both mostly for simplicity, if anyone at home is Googling the personalities of the different chromatic and metallic dragons, the Chromatic ones are the reds and greens and whites, the kind of just the color ones, (laughs) the ones that are a color, and those are usually evil aligned. And the metallic ones are the gold, the bronze, the what have you, and those are usually good aligned. And there's a wide spectrum of where they live, their behaviors, their preferences in rixia is much the same except it is responsive more to their interests and to their personalities and to kind of their worldviews as opposed to being kind of like programmed from birth in a way that kind of makes sense on rixia where it is a lot about emotions and intent and whatnot what what david <laughs> I just, what david i just
4: i just have this vision of this like Cool two-toned blue and orange like synth wave dragon <laughs> with, like sweet <laughs> specs.
3: Oh see, I was picturing like an angsty teenage dragon of like, what if I don't wanna be a red dragon? Yeah. I would to form my own hat.
1: Yeah, exactly. But yes. What have we done? <laughs> that doesn't necessarily hold over for dragonborns. Dragonborns are pretty much just whatever color they happen to be. But dragons being kind of a more elemental creature, that is that is the case. So that was probably a relatively generous, air quotes, good aligned dragon as much as that exists on Rixia, which is not not really.
4: I'm imagining how Checkers is responding to all of this, because really his only exposure to dragons has been the giant dragon skull in yeah. Agmar, and also like bedtime stories. Yeah. So he's just like laying on the ground, looking around, going... Wow! <laughs> Self gas, Wow! Did you see that? Like a whole bunch of arms came out and, brrr, and I grabbed up the portal and just closed it up and it just did this whole like.
3: Brrr. I love the checkers' reenactment of this. I yeah. so <laughs> want, this and want to be there
0: for it because it's so. it's it's both completely accurate. Yeah, and. Totally inaccurate.
5: Yes.
4: <laughs> it captures the spirit, yeah. I would say,
0: of
1: what yes. happened as opposed to the literal. As facts. opposed to the facts. Yes. yes. And
4: I think, yeah. like, checkers quickly becomes incoherent.
5: <laughs> <laughs> like, and then it went. Burr.
4: Oh, my God.
0: And you know? then, I, then I, I also imagine him, like, taking Mango's yes. like, legs say and, and, like, and, like, have, pretending Mango
1: was the dragon and just be like. Mango Jr. suddenly involved. Yes.
4: Correct. Casquin turns the cell just utterly stony faced, and just is like... Isn't that his face always? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a simple man. <laughs> <laughs> I like granola. I get my eight hours of sleep and I have no idea what the hell just happened. So please, for the sake of my rapidly crumbling mental sanity, please tell me what just
5: happened.
2: Um... Well, um, so, um
5: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Checker's is still on the ground. <laughs> kind of, and, then, <laughs> and, yeah,
0: and so, and yeah, so, and so, so self, like, self just kind of gestures at Checker's doing this whole reenactment. <laughs> and, and so far his reenactment is probably three times as long as
4: the actual event itself. Right, 100%. Uh,
0: but,
3: oh, he's got to do it in slow mo. Right. Yeah. He's,
4: he's at the point where he's like, he's got mango by the face and he's like just smushing his face. And like, and I was like really old and just looking at myself. And it was like, ah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then Val's just like sitting there, Brow furrowed, just <laughs> processing. And the dryad actually steps up and says, I'm sorry. The ritual was to call an ally from the other plane just to help close it.
3: Val's hand shoots up in the air. <laughs> sorry, what is, what is uh, she
2: I, doing? I, I, I believe she has a question she would like to ask you. It is a strange tradition among mortals.
1: I really hope our mics are good <laughs> enough <Yeah>. that they, <laughs> they can pick up Sophie <laughs> flinging herself like a Muppet around on her chair, just reenacting the very intense hand-waving that was going on. The triad turns to the <laughs> and just very quizzically is like, um, yeah, uh, yes?
3: How do you know a dragon? And how are you on good enough terms with them For them to be an ally.
2: I... I don't know the dragon. I believe it might have just... Summoned a general ally. Because... Whoever the dragon was did say... I have answered the call.
1: Uh, How do I... How do I... So... I am... Nature. I am elemental. I am the grove. The grove is the world... And that is me. And dragons are that. But for different things. For fire. For lightning. That sort of thing. And and they are not our... Not our allies. But we understood one another. Many seasons ago. I knew that if I reached out and asked, help could be given.
3: Thank you. What was... Through there. What plane was it?
1: That was a plane of water and life.
3: Somehow that makes
4: even less sense. <laughs> that there was a gold dragon in a plane
1: of water
4: and life.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't understand what uh, you're not understanding. That's simply where they reside.
3: Uh, we thought all of the dragons were gone forever and have been for a millennia?
2: Maybe. Maybe not gone, maybe left, maybe not died, just went somewhere else. Does time flow differently on other planes in relation to us?
3: I don't the, know, the por- it depends the, on the plane. The
2: portal was open, and so we aged, but then we went young, and so maybe, maybe there was some kind of weird time well, let's, thing. let's, uh, that was... But then that could be explained by the life portion of the plane. That's, you know?
1: uh, no, that was correct. It was, that was all just a byproduct of the energy coming from the plane. It was the same thing affecting me, affecting all of this. It was just uncontained energy. It had to go somewhere. Kaskrin
4: has finally found true peace and (laughs) is just sitting crisscross applesauce, staring into the distance as like Selv and Valeska and the field are all like debating theories (laughs) and having this conversation, just speaking so quickly. Kaskrin's just like... Maybe you're onto something, trackers. <laughs> Mango is just like grabbing a big handful of mud, kind of like the arms were grabbing the scales and just like flinging it up it into up. the <laughs>
0: air. Cap. Selv will kind of approach the shoreline of the water there and look in. Are there any
1: scales remaining in the water? As you approach, you look in, and while it is unbelievably clear and beautiful and serene, appears to be a totally normal little thing. And the dryad, as you're kind of doing this, walks up with you and kind of leans onto one side a little bit. No, that's... They wouldn't have left anything. That was... It it was more manifestation than something tangible.
3: So the scales were just... Representative. Of the infection of the plane...
1: So I, I also, I didn't know about the dragons, or that they had gone anywhere until that portal, because it was open for so long.
3: So the portal being open allowed you to sense what was in it.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. And that's oh. why I knew, I knew I could ask for help.
2: Do you happen to know the name that the dragon that you called for help goes by?
1: We never knew their names. They were elementals. And that one was simply the one that responded.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, but that dragon spoke in high draconic.
1: Indeed, yes. So it's kind of the older, fancier version of the draconic that you speak. Okay. And the draconic that I speak... That you and Val speaks?
5: Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what I thought. <laughs> wow. So
0: the, the draconic <laughs> that we speak, was that around when the dragons left
1: yes it's a little bit complicated relationally and we can get into it but the short answer is yes that it was kind of especially for dragons and dragonborns who went off into the world and became more ingrained in with other mortals that was kind of their evolution or de-evolution as the dragons would
2: say of high draconic okay The creature that opened the portal used mortal magic?
1: Yes and no. They spoke the old words. The words of power, which are as as old as the world itself. Used by mortals, given by the gods, but... It still uses magic like ours.
0: And self just kind of nods and then actually will bow to the
2: dryad. Thank you for this um experience.
3: Why does he put his head towards the dirt? It's a sign of respect.
5: Hmm.
1: Thank you for your assistance. This truthfully saved me and this grove. And Maybe much more. As I said, I will honor my promise. While you may be delayed, I will ensure your safety and expedient travel through my grove. Thank you.
3: I, for one, would like to leave in the morning agreed um, yeah Val looks around I'm, just, I'm just imagining Checkers is still just like <laughs> <you know? laughs>
4: I think Checkers is covered in mud at this point but like he's he's reached the end of his reenactment so he's just like uh, and, and well, now and now, now. and yeah. now
0: is now is reaching for the crayons and the uh, yeah the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the parchment <laughs> to to <laughs> draw it out because if if he's gonna draw anything yeah <laughs> this will probably figure prominently for the next several days mm-hmm. consummate bees Cass, um,
4: Cass is just staring off in the distance nothing is real <laughs> everything is an illusion
5: <laughs> as its brain has finally broken taking a level in yeah. muck hell yeah <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor
1: this episode is brought to you by a foul light shines a new free serial novel based on a D campaign The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War. A peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyir. Can the gang find Tyir, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger.
5: Hi, it's me, Sophie. Do
3: you want more Reckless Attack? Then join our Discord and chat with us in our community. The link for the Discord is in the show notes, or head on over to our website, recklessattack.com. We also have a Patreon. You can listen to our new show, Reckless Snack, and other content if you become a patron. We really appreciate your support, and thank you for listening to the episode. And you are doing all right now?
5: Yes.
1: Much more so. Than I have in, in at least a moon cycle. Good. Which you guys would take as notable. Because previously, she did not have a good answer for how long ago this mm. had happened. And now it's more like it's been a
2: month. Yeah. That this has been out and happening. May we, um, camp here for the night, or would you prefer us elsewhere? If another mortal was, were to have asked, I would have
1: rebuked them. But, and the dryad bows to you, in kind of a very one-to-one of what self did, and stands back up, for you, you may have the evening. And the reeds and grass part, and you see kind of gracefully ejected, (laughs) (laughs) is the fortunate. No longer covered in grass and reeds. The fortunate kind of, like, still holding their spear, like, looks around, trying to, like, read how you guys are doing.
3: Val waves in a very tired and, like stops waving to rub her temple like hi
1: oh
2: so we're oh.
1: hey hey guys we are okay
3: (laughs) yeah Val will just do like a double a very slow and tired double thumbs up
2: we have been allowed to stay here for the
1: evening the fortunate looks at the dryad and says all of us and the dryad just grumpily nods
2: (laughs) so Selv will turn to Val I do not wish to um Explode your mind further, (laughs) but um, that dragon was too young to have been here before the saints and the dragons left.
3: Val just puts up a finger, like, Stop, (laughs) what?
2: Which (laughs) which was partly me asking about the no, 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 no.
1: Just a very sleepy Val, just like putting her finger on his <laughs> like scaly yeah, length, part. Just, part blah, part blah, of his blah. nose is just like all oh, yeah, right. Just, just oh, so, oh, I just
3: Wait, <laughs> no. <laughs> and Val will walk over to where the fortunate got ejected from, and go set up the tent.
1: No, not even because you guys left the tent. Back into the in further in the grove, like that's where you left from is your campsite, and then your camping stuff gets ejected <laughs> oh, okay. as you walk over that direction. It's still like together, yeah, but it's also it is ejected,
3: yeah. So that Gently will ejected. go through. Just kind of like push cast to to like get up and start up <laughs> and like get what, the tent what, set up. What what am I?
5: What is anything? <laughs> <laughs> That while you make
3: some tea, <laughs>
4: just mumbles, "We are one with the world."
3: And then Val will like sit down, and I she has like a cloak am part of the dragon. The her. dragon is me.
0: I am the dragon. The dragon is me.
3: And will just like make herself cozy, <laughs> uh, cloak hood up around, like pulled tight under her chin, and she's just like her elbows are resting on her knees, and her chin is resting in her on her hands and she's just like okay now
0: (laughs) so so Selv uh, Selv will walk up and sit cross-legged directly in front of Val
2: and just say the dragon was too young to have been here when the saints and the dragons left that was why I was asking if time flowed differently In the different planes because if it flowed slower there that would make sense and then maybe this dragon was actually here and part of the battle but if not that means the dragon was born on an elemental plane which means are there other dragons born on the elemental planes are there other dragons out there did all of the dragons go to the elemental planes when they left are there dra- dragon eggs scattered throughout the elemental planes? Val are there just young dra-
3: shoves a granola bar.
2: And stuff <laughs> that? Mm, thank you, Velasca Carter. <laughs> I was getting ahead of myself.
3: You're welcome, self. I think there are so many possibilities in your questions, <laughs> and. We're going to need to sleep on it. Any of those questions could have a yes answer, though. And Val is just like still processing everything and like looks around to see where Cass and Checkers and the Fortunate have kind of ended up.
4: So I imagine Caspian at this point has set up everything in the tent and is now kind of resting by the water with his like feet in the lake and he's just like staring off into the distance as the sun has set and the stars have come up overhead. And Checkers is next to him. And Caspian asks, Did you ever think that when we left Lotross, we would find a world out here that was so big. There's even in just a few short days, we've seen magical things, unexplainable things that I would have never even dreamed of in all of my my years as a soldier, in all of my years inside and outside the walls. Protecting people. I just. I've seen so much and I. I don't know. I can't tell if. All those years I spent. Safe and ignorant were a waste. Well, Cass. Did you have fun at least? I mean. Parts of it were fun, I guess. I was in the guard for almost 50 years. I reported to my commanding officers. I did what I was told. And I guess for a long time, that was enough. It was... You know, it was it was comfortable. 50 years? I can't imagine doing anything for even a single year, much less 50. Well... I mean, checkers... I learned a lot in that time. I made friends in the guard for life. I found the scriptures. I never did find love, but... Hmm. I guess it was a... A full life. Thinking back on it, I don't know that I... I guess I I don't know that I have... Regrets. I just... It was a lot of the same thing, but maybe it wasn't really a waste. Maybe it was just how I wanted to spend my time. And now that we're out here in this big, crazy world, I can spend my time a different way. I mean, out here, anything can happen. I think I always knew that the world was big. But I always thought of it as kind of a lonely place. You know, this big, vast, open space. No one but yourself. I don't think it's that lonely anymore. But I don't think that you wasted your time. You're here now, right? And we're having the most fun we can. Look at this. Yeah. I guess you're right. It doesn't really feel that lonely. And he looks around towards everyone else and and Valeska huddled next to Selv and the fortunate kind of, I imagine, like stoically watching over us all. It's a big space, but that doesn't mean it's empty. It doesn't mean it's lonely. It just means that there's a lot more out there for us to see. And Checkers continues his uh, scribbling and drawing. So, uh, a
0: couple things for Selv to do. Number one, Valeska, may I borrow
2: a um, parchment and uh, ink and quill?
3: Sure. Uh, what Thank you. Kind.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um for writing a letter to be mailed home.
4: Oh, I got some if you need it, Sal. And I'll hand you, like, a parchment
2: and a crayon. Ah, um, thank you, checkers. This will, um, this will do nicely to capture my thoughts.
3: And Val will just be like, yes, mm mm-hmm crayons are the best as she lays out all of like her many writing implements <laughs> yes. but just leaves them in a spot where selve could also take
5: them right <laughs> i
4: imagine you. like the number of quills and variations and like
1: inks is so intimidating selve is just like oh, is <laughs> Well, it's like it's like she is unwrapping like a you know like like that, oh, leather, it's like bound. that yeah, the yeah. leather bound yeah. where yeah. it's like a tool set and it's like numbered one through 12 and it's mm-hmm. like ah number eight a good choice yeah. <laughs> um it's like a number two pencil and, exactly
0: uh, yeah. uh, uh and then my question for you nathan is i'm assuming draconic is also a written language yes okay is high draconic a written language
1: uh in the way that like you write a language to write a spell scroll okay where it is like you can write it down but it's a little more symbolic and a little bit more, it's weirder. <laughs> you like know. you're not
3: writing it to write a letter. You're, right. Right, you're writing it to Im- imbue something with power. Right.
0: Okay. So I will write a letter in Draconic to the heads of the monastery and give a brief yeah of what, what I, ju- uh, the shit that just you went start, down. <laughs> you
1: start writing. So yes. I'm imagining this scene, it is Cass sitting at the side of this, this little pool of water and Val burritoed <laughs> <laughs> just thinking and the dryad off to the side who you just isn't really standing around but you just catch glimpses of every once in a while. Self starting to write with crayon and checkers doing checkers things. As the scene kind of comes down a little bit the lateness of the night starts to hit you and the last image is the fortunate coming up to checkers saying well I can't believe I'm about to say this but somehow you seem the most available to tell me what the hell just happened oh you want to see my reenactment
3: Mango, here, boy. Yes, I so... Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that is where the night ends. Sometime in the morning. After, I would imagine, a pretty hard sleep. One that both probably belies how much that ritual actually took out of you and your late night. But you wake up feeling sustained and healthy and protected. Protected. You have a full night's rest. You even feel... a little full. As if you've already eaten. As you all kind of... roll out of your... sleeping bags, cots... blankets, mud forts... the dryad... appears kind of over the shoulder... of the fortunate who has been... standing guard all night. And turns to you all and says are you ready? I am ready. I am also ready but I do have
4: a question for you before we go. Certainly. And he will take the necklace that he's been wearing um, out from underneath his armor revealing the gold coin. His lucky coin. He received from Mm -hmm. someone. Many, many Episodes ago. (laughs) Uh, Roughly (laughs) some days ago. It's like 50-some episodes ago. And ask again about the creature that wore a dress made of coins. And
1: say, do you know them? I know of them. In the way that I know of all of our kind. I connected with them. And that is how I learned a little bit more about you all. And how I learned that... You all could be trusted to do what I asked of you. She helped me,
4: and she seemed to know something about the Eternal Citadel. She seemed to know my patron. Do you know she mentioned anyone else
1: who was also working
4: for the Citadel here on Rixia?
1: from what I understand, she simply saw a mark upon you and knew that the ones who had given you that mark would be interested in helping with her problem. With her interlopers. I understand. And he'll
4: tuck the coin back under his gambeson. If you talk to her again, Let her know that I'm asking about her. There are big changes coming in the world, and we may need all the help that we can get. So if there are more that have this mark, I would like to talk to them.
1: Know that you four have helped two of our kind now. That is not unnoticed. So, packed, ready to go. You stand around for a moment. The dryad kind of in front of you in this little clearing. And wordlessly, the dryad offers another bow to the five of you.
0: I will return
1: it.
3: Bow will also return it.
1: Big thumbs up from checkers. (laughs) Double thumbs up from (laughs) Cass. And... Once again, the grass underneath you begins moving and starts to push you through this tall grass and these tall reeds, making that kind of mournful howling sound, a sound that you have grown accustomed to in your days here. And things begin kind of whipping past you a little bit and every once in a while you still see the dryad just a head poke out here and there.
3: Val would not want to get too far before making a decision about planting another grove and will ask everyone what their thoughts are and Restate that she is very much pro doing this to be in the favor of a dryad to learn more about dryads. This seems like a once in a lifetime magical opportunity for Val and we'll need to make a decision before we leave the fields.
4: And Catherine, as we're like kind of getting shuffled through the grove a little bit, says... Twice now, they have helped us. And so, I think it's only fair that we can do something for them in return. Like you said, an opportunity to study and learn more about them. An opportunity to gain more allies in the days to come. You know, I think I read something about a grove in Gabriella's journal. Really? Yeah, I think she said she wanted to do something with one, learn something about one. I don't know. I didn't read it that closely. But I think it'd be cool if we did something like that. Maybe it's a way for us to help the old guilders out, you know? Wherever they are.
3: Maybe there's a place in her notebook that she thought would be a good spot for a grove.
2: Oh. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I agree that we should, um, Help to uh, plant a new grove somewhere outside of Agmar. I don't know where,
3: but um, (laughs) we (laughs) can figure that part out. I agree that we should. Val will call out in Sylvan.
1: You don't get a response, but you kind of get the innate sense that you were heard. As the Dryad said, this was not It's not an automatic transportation to the other side. You still are going through several days worth of field. As she said, it does not end quickly. (laughs) But you are still making up for a lot of the time that you lost. But, Steve, what is an interesting thing that you guys see in this Dryad's Grove as you guys are kind of whipping through, knowing, of course, you are protected, knowing, of course, that this is her terrain and she is the master of it. As we're
0: moving along, there is a small section of this wild grass that is a little bit taller than the grass surrounding it. And it is also tinged in red. Basically, uh, as the wind is kind of Whipping through the grass, and it kind of moves in in, in different directions. When it hits uh, us going in a certain direction, you actually see that the, I guess I'll call them stalks, of mm. of this tall grass. When the wind hits it a certain way, the stalks have almost looks like scaled leaves, so they kind of flare up a little bit. Cool. Uh, when, when it when mm-hmm. the wind goes the opposite direction of the way they these kind of these scales up. are, yeah, they kind of puffs up. And while we're going past. And this might be on purpose, like the dryad kind of messing with us a little bit. We don't go into that little copse of weird grass, but we go near enough to it to see that there are several skeletons of small animals um, (laughs) below this grass. And Selv will try to slow down to avoid it, even though we're (laughs) heading kind of directly at it. And then the dryad kind of moves us off to the side of it. And then you,
2: the self just kind of goes, oh, boy. <laughs> that was razor grass.
3: I don't like the sound of that.
2: <laughs> when the wind hits it a certain way, it's carnivorous. And it slices anything that tries to go through it. And that's why the reddish hue on top of the grass.
4: Is it only carnivorous when the wind blows? I
5: know. <laughs> no, no, it is,
0: it, it, <laughs> it, it, it is carnivorous, but not dangerous. La- it doesn't, like, actively hunt. Yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's whatever gets caught in it when the wind blows that certain direction to flare the scales on the stalk up to be able to cut things.
4: I love
1: that it has a symbiotic relationship with the wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, for the better part of this day, you guys are kind of going through, and you don't have to even, you kind of quickly realize you don't even have to really stand you can be seated. You could lay down. You could surf if you wanted. Um, which insert? We find your, this out yeah. through check. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah <laughs> guys, exactly. guys, look, you can surf. <laughs> and it doesn't seem to affect your pace whatsoever. After a bit of travel, you are gracefully ejected <laughs> on the other side of this expanse. But the last thing that you guys experience is the dryad kind of silently emerging a little bit behind you guys and going up to val and opening up closed hands revealing just kind of a like clod of dirt and little grass shoots and then hands it to val you get the impression that this is you don't really need to worry about handling with care so to speak you can probably just chuck that in a pocket and it'll be fine in that it is weird magical grass.
3: Val gently and very carefully puts it in a pouch.
4: Are we going to have a grove made entirely of razor grass? Is, it- <laughs> yeah. is that what this
1: is? I'm, well, we'll find out. Uh, I'll, make you, I'll have you make some rolls. Okay.
4: In two
0: centuries, there's an area of Agmar nobody goes to. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's called Agmar.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You guys eventually settle down for the night. Are able to take another rest. You're able to go another full day of travel. After that. With no interruptions. Finally, on the next morning. You realize you are probably only a few days away from Deepwood. As you have been going a few more hours again on kind of your road. You spot a few things. First... ...in the sky overhead... ...you see... ...and this was something that you had seen previously... ...a large shadow... ...fly across the sun... ...and unlike last time... ...this... ...maybe seems to linger... ...a little longer... ...than the last one... ...but more pressingly... ...as you go over... ...a hill you see a pair of riders on horseback who are clad in black armor and robes, galloping, seemingly alone. And it's kind of one of those things where you go over the hill and neither of you realized that you were there until you saw each other, only a couple hundred feet away. These two riders turn their horses towards you. They both hold up swords in scabbards above their heads, which anyone who is a soldier would recognize as a we-mean-you-no-harm kind of gesture. As they ride up and approach, you hear their voices almost in unison yell out, Greetings! You have been blessed to have crossed paths with the holy Promethean, the shambling saint. Bow down! Enjoy this modern wonder! And this means nothing to you all. Until you see, from over another hill, more robed figures, who all are holding ropes of some kind. That go upwards and upwards, attached to what appears to be a collar of a giant, shambling, skeletal, undead creature. And that's Ruble. Pick up next (laughs) week, everybody. Yay! Oh, good. At least
0: it's not a cliffhanger this time. Oh, (laughs) man. I know exactly what's going to happen. See you
1: next week, everyone.
4: I really want like a whole episode you of... could
3: do sorry go ahead
4: no i was gonna say like i want like an episode of of the wild rixia well actually or, you like, know you know we can you know once
0: like, we get enough of them it? we can do a compilation of all uh
1: no what we should do is we should literally it should be aside um a week of adventure it doesn't have to be in D D. it can be in whatever um but it is the guy from wild rixia either as a solo adventure or as a, him plus his whatever entourage. his entourage yeah, uh-huh. uh going like
3: jungle cruising through it, exactly jungle and cruising eyes. and
1: they they loot
0: there's somebody one of the characters has to be wearing some kind of red shirt uh-huh. that just Like sometime during it, just just dies. Yeah. Yeah.
4: (laughs) On the way back, I want us to stumble on the guy from Wild Rixia during one of his adventures, like one of his excursions, (laughs) Uh and we just like stumble across him trying to like stalk this rare exotic. Here we find
0: the elusive adventuring party. (laughs) What they don't know is they are about to stumble upon a nest of
3: (laughs) a vicious. Long, no. long, long, yeah. I was <laughs> trying to remember what it was. Long hyena. Uh.
1: Sorry to break it to you, but in in my head canon, uh he's literally been dead for five to ten years because he got eaten by something, mm. crocodile no. hunter style. Ah, uh. these are all his archives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, because this these are excerpts. Like he's not listening to our podcast and being like, ah, it's actually very interesting. No, nope. oh, oh my god, that would be ago. that would that be hilarious. So we
0: do we do something like um like Monty Python the Holy Grail, uh-huh. where they cut in with the historian. And it's like it's, it's like 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 from from like sixty years after the adventures take yes. place yeah. in, uh, uh-huh. for for us. like like this was a turning point for the
5: Golden Tree Adventuring Guild. <laughs> I need that. That, that. that would be good. I would like that.